Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers, and I am disappointingly, for continuity's sake, drinking water because we are recording this in the evening as opposed to the afternoon, and I did not have time between when I got off work and when I started recording this to get coffee. So alas... This is our, this is our disappointing episode. Uh, I well, like all, I like all tops will eventually disappoint you. Well, I'm drinking a LaCroix, so there, well, I guess it's, we're halfway there. You there. Go. We're halfway there. <laughs> you, you got it covered. You got it covered for the both of us. Bradley's picking up the slack here. I'll probably try to make it more interesting as the weeks go on. Cause uh, they just announced uh, as of this recording, like a couple days ago of uh, truly harder uh, ah yes. Drinks. So I'm probably gonna be getting those soon. <laughs> I, who knows what's gonna happen after that? Drunk live stream. We're gonna get right. Bradley to be a Twitch streamer, and we're gonna get him drunk on stream. Oh my It'll god! It'll be hilarious. No, we're not actually gonna do that. that <laughs> That's would be, a lot of. Uh, that would be a terrible idea. Terrible, terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> that would be the worst idea. Mm-hmm. What would editing a drunk podcast even be like for you? Because Bradley is the one that, at least for the time being, is the one that actually has to edit these. And I just, I listen to them after the fact. But I don't know. Do that? Like, I don't even know if I could go back. Listen to yourself. Yeah. Cause I'd be like listening to it and being like, why did I say that? Why? I need to cut that out. That doesn't even make any sense. Why would I say it in that order? What? You know what I mean? I'd be too frustrated with it. I'd be like, I can't do it. I don't even I don't even know how that would how that would work. Maybe if we branched out into streaming eventually. Right. You know, I've done it once or twice. Like a lot of my friends, Kyle, who we had on last week is a queer streamer. So there's a big who knows? Who knows? We might we've been talking about expanding the brand outwards. We might get some streaming going and maybe have a few truly harders while we're on there. Truly extra hard is what it's called. <laughs> Truly extra hard. Oh, they're extra hard. That's oh, right. Oh, so they're that makes sense because you're also extra. Right. Exactly. Well, it's like you have to be extra to drink it, so it's very like <laughs> you have to be extra extra gay. Right. Exactly. This is this is not a drink for the faint of heart. This is of not, not a drink for. This is not a top drink. Well, you know, I'm going to need these Trulies to uh, get through a couple of these new things that Disney has announced recently on Disney+. Plus. Yes, I was about to say, speaking of extra, <laughs> as of recording, again, we, we record these a little bit in advance when we're off season. As of this recording, they just announced how many, eight new things oh, are coming? I don't even know. A, t- a couple. Seven. Seven. I'm looking at the list right now. Okay. So you, I'll, I'll go ahead and read them off here for context. Uh, we have Star Wars Ewok Seasons 1 and 2, so the animated show. Okay. Uh, we have the story of the faithful Wookiee, which was the animated section of the, of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Okay. They were releasing just the animated section with Boba Fett's first appearance in it. Uh, I'm going in order of things I'm most excited for. Gotcha. We have Star Wars Clone Wars Volumes 1 and 2, the original Cartoon Network show. Love that. 
And then finally, those fucking cowards at Disney have finally bowed to the demand of the fan because I was literally the only one asking for this. Right. And are putting Caravan of Courage and the best Star Wars movie, Ewoks, The Battle for Endor on <laughs> Disney Plus, where I can watch it as much as I want. So I'm definitely going to need these trulies to be able to get through watching any of this because it's all pretty fucking terrible. But, you know. No, did you see the Clone Wars? Like, you know, I, I've seen it, it on YouTube. I've seen it on YouTube. I've never seen it like live, but I do love the Samurai Jack show. So I actually did watch like the first couple minutes, I think, of one of the episodes, and I really liked it. It was really good because um, I just like the action. I like that Samurai Jack kind of like that's all this was. Whatever. Yeah. Like when it came out, I remember because I was you know thirteen or fourteen when this came out. I remember actually they were like five minute bits and they had the 30 minute time slots, but they had worked it to where like there was another show that was technically in that time slot. And then there were like these five minute episodes. And we actually, this was back in the days before you, everything was easily accessible on YouTube. So we actually had a video cassette where we had, pressed record on the video cassette and we captured the first season and so we were able to go and watch it back that was how we watched it when i was a a preteen or so when this or yeah teenage early teenager i think preteen when this came out i might have been a little bit younger because this was this would have been like 2000 i'm looking it up right now uh so it was 2003 Mm. 2003 i was 12 i was for most the, of that year i was in the third grade so i don't even know how old you are in third grade but that's i was how old 12 I was. <laughs> yeah i was in i would have been in sixth or seventh grade yeah see. i remember because it is cool because it's it's one of like like before the clone wars the new show it was like the clone wars show it's like the coolest thing like the mace windu episode mm-hmm. That lives rent-free in my brain. Yeah, I was nine when this came out, so there you go. Kit Fisto episode also lives rent-free in my brain, but for completely different reasons. I've seen that uh, clip of Mace Windu, um, and I thought, wow, this really shows off, like, Jedi Force powers really well. Like, if you had to explain to somebody what they can do, like, I feel like that scene is, like, a good, like, like, it would be in, like, the the, the uh, like the sex ed video of like what Jedi's are <laughs> like it would be that scene of Mace Windu killing all the droids your terrible public education video from the yes, 80s what exactly is a Jedi's right <laughs> it's like Mace and it Windu. stars uh, right. like somebody with terrible 80s hair absolutely or it's like those uh those YouTube videos where they try to like give the backstory of characters like when everybody knows who they are already but they give like this super in-depth thing they're like mace windu was born in 1577 you know what i mean like whatever and then they do the the lore videos yes yeah like (laughs) yeah like that's that's a lot of i found that star wars videos on youtube Mm -hmm. either they fall into basically one of three categories Either it is a strict lore video where it's essentially like somebody is summarizing the Wikipedia art or the Wikipedia article. Right. 
and reading it like a book report. Yeah, they just read it. Yeah, they're just reading it off the screen. Or it's a review of something that's recently come out. Mm. Or it's all of the reasons that Disney Star Wars is the worst. And also they're going to totally retcon the sequel trilogy out by doing time travel. And Kathleen Kennedy got fired again. This is, I swear, about like 20, 30% of YouTube videos about Star Wars or some version of, yeah. no, to- they're totally going to fire Kathleen Kennedy at yeah, some point. That's never It's happen. totally coming, guys. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Somehow those keep winding up in my mentions, despite the fact that I, I don't yeah. watch any of them or want to. Yeah, I, I hate to say this, but it's never going to happen. Um, sorry <laughs> to all those people who really want that to happen. Sorry, it's never going to happen. Um, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna call it. I was gonna say, early. I was gonna say, it could be Force Awakens or whatever could have made like zero dollars and zero cents, and that she still would be in charge. Like it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's just not going to be so easy to just lodge guys. The back to the shows that are coming out. We know which one I'm the most excited, which of these new things I'm the most excited for. It's obviously the best Star Wars movie, Ewoks the Battle for Endor. Right. Which one of these, I won't say which one are you most excited for, I'll say which one are you going to watch first? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'll probably just end up watching the Clone Wars one first, just because it's easy. It's just like one of those quick get it done kind of things. Like I've already kind of seen it, but this will be like a nice, it'll be already in like a nicer format for me to just be able to kind of go through them chronologically and I can kind of watch it and be like, say that, oh, I watched it. You know, I'm not watching it thinking like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And this is all I ever wanted kind of thing. I, I will watch those first, but I think I'm, not most excited for is the wrong way to say this, but I am genuinely curious about these Ewok movies because I never saw them as a child. So I don't know what they're about or what other than the fact that they look like they're just the Care Bears movie, but with Star Wars characters. So that's pretty much all I got. I mean, it's basically what they are, <laughs> which means I, I mean, they were made for TV them. movies. <laughs> I probably will watch. Oh, you'll finish then. I'll probably watch about five minutes. If, if for no other reason, oh god, the 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 opening to Ewoks: The Battle for Endor is like permanently seared into my brain, just because of how ballsy it is. Okay, well, I'm very excited. Don't it's ruin crazy. it. Crazy. I'm very. Excited. I won't. When you watch this, you will understand some of my writing style. Gotcha. After you see this. I think what I'll probably, I'll probably watch the Ewoks movies first. Yeah. Just because, no, it's, it's great that they're releasing this old stuff on there because, yeah. you know, you raised the point of, you know, having really seen a lot of them and they were yeah. difficult to find. They were difficult to get access to. Clone Wars, you could watch on YouTube. Right. Like it was hard. It's hard yeah. to get some of these. Like Ewoks, the show, I haven't even seen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised that, like, out of all this, I'm, I noticed that one of them was missing. Um, the Droids TV yes. show is not on there. Droids? I don't know why that is. No think, article like, I found has ever mentioned. Right. Like, why, why it's not this on there. Might be. Although I have heard a rumor through the grapevine 
that they're they're sort of piloting releasing some of this stuff because they might release Star Wars Detours as well oh. on Disney Plus. Wait, wasn't that that's like a that's that like a, some weird comedy thing, right? That was like a weird comedy thing that they actually produced and finished two seasons of. And they never released it. And they never released it. Interesting. That would be weird. That you know what? And if you were gonna put it anywhere, it would be Disney Plus. You can dump everything on Disney Plus. Dump it all on there. Who cares? The premier well, I, place to get Star Wars content. I mean, that's basically what they're angling towards. Right. Watch, whenever they re-release the original theatrical cuts, it's going to be through Disney+. Plus. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting to the point now where it's like, my Disney Plus subscription is going to end up just being like, just my library of Star Wars stuff. Like, I'm never going to ever own Star Wars stuff anymore. It's just going to always live in Disney+, Plus, and I'll always pay them every single year to continue to be able to get access to that content. No, the last, the last one I bought on physical media was The Last Jedi. So for the longest time, oh. it was very difficult. That was the last one I bought. Wow. Because Rise of Skywalker, Disney Plus had come out. So it's was like, I'm not going to bother investing money in this. I'm about to move from Tennessee to California. Gotcha. 10 bucks is, 20 bucks is something I got to think really hard about. The last time I bought physical media uh, would have to be, I bought the OG trilogy special edition on VHS um on mercari like a year ago because i had a vhs player from goodwill and i wanted to watch the movies in their original formatting you know because there's something about watching it on a vhs tape that's different and this was before disney plus had been released so i didn't have access to it other than my dvds now were were you the friend because i remember talking to a friend like a few months ago about having like the original theatrical cut on VHS. Was that you? No, I don't think so. No, it wasn't you. I gotta find out who that was, because somebody I know has the original theatrical cuts on VHS. Gotcha. I don't know who this person is. So I'm I'm sure that, you know, as as there is a glut in content, when there is a glut in content, at least for this year, we may be revisiting some of this old TV from the days before yeah i mean if we yeah because if we do need that time to fill we can definitely use these things i'm glad that they're putting on here because otherwise we'd have to watch some crappy youtube version of it and now we can watch hopefully a either updated version of it or a nice like at least cleaned up version of it you know so we'll see we will i guess move on to uh, (laughs) the unfortunate grim reality of a tv show that's not about the Ewoks. <laughs> hey, give it a give it a season. You never know. If they went to Tatooine a couple episodes ago, who the fuck knows if they'll go to Endor? The Jawas and Ewoks are secretly conspiring. I'm just saying. I mean, they mentioned Gungans in this episode. Hey, so you never they're know. They're covering they're covering the trifecta of exactly i'm telling you comic relief aliens Uh, we're getting there we're getting one step closer to having that stuff come back so one step closer i i almost kind of want to see did you ever play a game called empire at war no so empire at war it had an expansion that was trying to be like super edgy and like oh we're a crime syndicate so we're gonna be edgy and one of the things that they had 
one of the units that you could control was like Ewok, like suicide bombers to where there's these Ewoks that you could run them up and they'd blow themselves up. It was really bizarre. And I'll like, I feel like on the one hand, that's the kind of thing we would see from these shows. But on the other hand, that that probably is a little too much for Disney. Yeah, that's too much. This week, uh, we take a look at uh, The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 6, titled The Prisoner. Uh, where the Mandalorian is part of a crew of mercenaries springing a convict from a prison ship. Uh, Charles, what's one thing you liked about the episode? One thing you did not. I had one thing I liked and one thing I did not. The thing that I did not like, I'll start with that, is Mm -hmm. they worked so hard to get you to dislike all of these people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they did not get the appropriate level of comeuppance okay. in the episode itself for the amount of time they spent getting us to dislike them. Like it was scene upon scene upon scene of driving home. All of these people are awful. And then like when I watched the actual episode, Mando giving them their comeuppance yeah. took like, 10 seconds for each one with the exception of the the Deveronian. Gotcha. And then one thing I liked, I love the production design of this episode. Mm-hmm. I'll talk a bit about it as we go through each scene. Gotcha. Uh, but one thing I really wanted to note was how like I loved how sterile the ship was. It was all white. Mm. It had like tan of Tenevy four vibes. Yeah, it was very eighties. Like, kind of. Yeah, it's like eighties yeah. sci-fi kind of deal. It was perfect. I yeah. thought that was neat. I, <clears throat> I liked the CCTV monitors and all that. I thought that was cool. What about you? One thing you liked and one thing you disliked, or in reverse order? Um. Well, I have to go in order because it kind of they kind of feed off each other. But uh, I really liked the actual crew members themselves, um, just because. I like when Star Wars gives us main characters that are alien species that we have seen either in cartoon form or just in the old movies, but they never had a feature role because the costumes were not there yet in you know right. technology wise. Whereas now they are there technology wise and they can emote fully and they can have full face costumes and they look really cool. And you're like, whoa, that's a Twi'lek main character live action. That's not just a fucking sexy dancer lady. Like, you know, it's great. So I love stuff like that. Um, I did not like one of the jokes of the episode, which is actually not a joke as much as it is just a kind of like a, I guess a self-deprecating nod or something like, so I did not like Bill Burr, uh, Bill Burr's character being the reference character um, where he kind of mentions, we'll get to what he mentions later, but he- I know what joke you're talking about. Okay, so there's only two, he does does like two major references uh, in Star Wars lore in this episode. So I didn't like him being the person who does that, but I think that's also the joke because the joke is that he doesn't know anything about Star Wars. And so the fact that he's the one giving us those references is the joke. So I don't know. I kind of disliked it, but also I get it at the same time. I don't know. It was weird. 
Yeah, I think I know what joke you're talking about. I know what two references you're talking about because I also have them noted here. Okay. It's interesting that you would say that you didn't like that they were given to that character. Right. Of Mayfeld. Right. Where... Well, we, well, I don't want to get into like why I don't like that as much until we get to him because then we can talk about who he okay. is. Because um, then from there, it kind of makes more sense. You'll just have to keep listening to find out what the hell Bradley is talking about. Right. Um, I... I mean, we're nine, eight, nine episodes in, and I don't know what the hell Bradley is talking about. So. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. Let's um, dive straight into it. So I've, I'm calling this scene, by the way, just for the rest of the episode, I call this the chop shop. I have, the chop no, shop? I have no idea what they do on this little space station. And I just assume it's a place where they fix cars. Like I was just like, oh, they probably just fix like ships here or something, like illegally or something. Like I don't know. I just I so, just call it a chop shop. I'm sure this was completely unintentional, but the very first shot of the episode, my brain kind of went, oh, this reminds me of Bounty Hunter, the uh, game that came out to tie into Attack of the Clones that I actually played on the GameCube. It came out on a couple of different systems, I think, but. I played it on the GameCube. I believe it is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Oh, wow. But Another the game. very first shot, I was like, this gives me Bounty Hunter vibes. And then later on, when they pull out and they reveal the station, yeah, one of the locations in the Bounty Hunter game is the station, a space station. I was like, I don't know if this is intentional or just right. it happens to be the same Star Wars aesthetic. But I'm getting some really strong bounty hunter vibes here. Well, I'm just gonna call it the chop shop because I, I I don't think they give it a name, so I'm just that's what I'm. Yeah, calling they it. don't. The chop shop that that works for me. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so we actually meet a new character in this very first scene. Um, uh, his name is Ran. Uh, he's played by Mark Boone Jr. Uh, you may or may not know who he is, but he was on Sons of Anarchy, and I think he was in the Batman Begins movie which is the dark knight series um so he's just kind of like our introductionary character he's our i like that with him we lean so heavily into the wild west like i got like prospector yes. from toy story 2 vibes okay that's what i was trying to think like what is the reference here because i know it's western and i was trying to figure out what his character was because Pro the prospector you know, from toy story 2 right because he even has a line where he goes wow, I haven't seen you round these parts. Like, he literally says round these parts. Like, which Round is, these parts? Right. In like an almost Southern accent, which is like, that's a Western reference. So I'm like, wait, who is this character and why is he talking like that? I ain't seen you round these parts, Padre. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hilarious because it, the Mandalorian really leans into that some places. Yeah. Well, and then this one, this episode is so interesting too, because like with this character's introduction, we get the sense that Mando has this whole backstory that's separate from the whole, I'm a Mandalorian, this is the way thing that is like running concurrently with that, that we don't get to see ever. And I only realized that in this episode that will come up several times in this episode. In fact, yeah. this episode so much references a backstory that we don't know what it is. Right. Like it feels like a continuation of something that maybe like we should know about. 
and we never but find we out. we don't. We never find out what's going on here. Right. Even like, I'm trying to think like back the whole entire season, even season two, there's nothing. Like there's none of nothing. this is ever referenced again. There is nothing like Mando. I mean, we get Mando's backstory, but we don't get any of this backstory in anything. Because we know he was, you know, he's a pretty prolific bounty hunter and a pretty prolific mercenary. Right. He had to do jobs to get that. Right. And this episode is kind of exploring that a little bit more as opposed to the other episodes, which were all about the Mando aspect of, of yeah. the Mando. Well, I was also getting the sense that the stuff they were referencing wasn't happening when Mando's an adult. It was more like when he was a teenager or a young adult, like really young, because the way they were saying things like the Rand character, he's like, you know, I can't go out anymore. You know, I can't be doing that stuff anymore. I'm too old now. Like, so I, I, I was getting the sense that this was all happening when they were younger, like a young kind of group of people who are trying to make a name for themselves. I wonder if there's going to be a TV show set between um, episodes three and four where we might get a chance to maybe see some of this in the background or we might see some. Of, I, I, don't, I can't think of a show offhand that might be premiering on Disney Plus May the 4th that might potentially we, we could see. Maybe not explanations for this, but we might see some of these people in it. Maybe. Um so he uh, basically, this Rand character brings up the fact that things aren't really working out with the guild right now with uh, Mando. So clearly the, the news has spread that Mando- He says it the way that you like, <laughs> you say it to somebody you know, but not that well. And right. maybe you have a mutual friend, but your mutual friend has gone to the bathroom and you're just sitting at the bar with this person. You're like, so- I hear things aren't really working out with you and your boyfriend. Right. How's that going? Yeah, it's like he he already knows what it is. Like he knows everything, but he's just kind of referencing everything. And this is like, well, I hear things just aren't that great. <laughs> and we actually will know, we will find out, at least it's implied where he might've heard that later with another character that's going to pop up. But yes, the word yes. is spreading. Right. And in fact, the episode recap did show like in the brief second before I skipped the episode recap because right. I watched this on my lunch break. Uh, but it did show like the bounty hunters that were coming after him getting like shot by Cara Dune in episode four. Gotcha. And those yeah. others. I mean, it's a good continuation of that plot to, to like kind of explain away that like, you know, when Cara Dune get, did kill that one bounty hunter, it's kind of like be like, okay, look, people are still looking for them it's still happening you know we're just letting you know that that's still happening and that it's word is getting around we will explore this right in later in later on in the episode we will explore to what degree do people know what happened on navarro yeah i it is it's kind of weird in this episode because i'm watching the episode thinking like do they know what's happening or are they just are they trying to like reference something maybe that's happening that did happen earlier that they're just trying to get revenge for or like, you know, it's kind of weird. Like uh, I have a theory that I will get to a little bit later. Okay. We'll wait till we get there. Um, so he says that uh, we want to get a crew together and that they need Mando's unregistered ship. So he is the fifth member of this crew to kind of tie it all together, um, which is kind of a callback to the previous episode when we talked about um, 
how the ship is you know unregistered or it's like yes a, this is our explanation which is actually in the right. scene a little bit later on but this is our explanation mm-hmm. for uh, why he likes the razor crest so much right because it's it's unregistered it's so old that it doesn't have like any identification whatsoever right there's no papers there's no I pink like, slip <laughs> yeah and i like that's as good of an explanation as any and might come up you know yeah. in season two for mm-hmm. example that the ship is in fact unregistered right you have to wonder how many of these unregistered ships are floating around out there yeah and actually they i did notice that um i don't know if this was a rebels reference or not um but he the rand character says that because the ship is unregistered it's basically a ghost and probably not a reference but i will take whatever i can get reference to right. uh, my is, my wonderful friends on the ghost i'm trying yeah I, I was trying to think like wait a minute i'm trying to go back in my brain and think like okay in rebels why was the ghost called the ghost is it because it was an unregistered ship no no no, no that's not right that doesn't make any sense da, da, da. it was this isn't like you know so i'm trying to like go back in my brain i be believe like, it could disguise itself to slip in and out of right i think that i think that's what it was yeah but i I believe it could transmit different codes to to be quote unquote different ships so the ship itself was a ghost but i would that sounds like a reference rebels i was like rewatch rebels that sounds like a reference to rebels to me um so even if it's just the word ghost um everything is a reference (laughs) everything is a fucking reference you drop one fucking word and screen out or write a one thousand word fucking article about it and waste everyone's time um so we actually start to meet uh the other crew members in a in sequence just to kind of you know it's kind of that whole here let me introduce you to the team so i can tell you about everybody's special skills you know and they kind of go down the line um but we'll start with the first one which is the leader of the group uh he is called mayfield and he is the trigger man of the group played by comedian Bill Burr. There are several interesting shots here with the close-ups of the helmet and the way that they do the handheld and the way it conveys the sense of unease. Yeah. Uh, but never mind that because I have something in this scene that I want to complain about. Okay, what's that? And my complaint is, is it canon that stormtroopers have bad aim? Because well, hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out on this, because this has yeah. always bothered me. I have gone on tirades about this. I want to enter it into the record here. The thing about stormtroopers having bad aim comes from A New Hope, where Ben Kenobi says, only Imperial stormtroopers have aimed this precise when they're massacring the Jawas. But then on the Death Star, the rebels don't like the stormtroopers don't seem to be able to hit the rebels while they're escaping and people are like oh their aim is so bad lol no listen the stormtroopers are throwing their shots on the death star they want to find the rebel base they want to let the falcon escape but they can't make it too easy or the rebels might figure out that they're actually tracking them back to the base that's the whole point of not immediately murdering them the second they get Leia out of there and just deploying the entire level on there. They want them to go back to the base so they can destroy it with the Death Star. The stormtroopers are not missing their shots. They're missing on purpose. And it is harder 
when you are firing a weapon to miss on purpose because your muscle memory is going to want you to hit you have to actively fight against everything in your body's programming not to hit them so these stormtroopers their aim is actually more precise because they're deliberately missing and making sure not to hit any of them so they could escape. And when we do see the stormtroopers in later films actually firing seriously, they manage to hit a lot of the time. Leia gets shot on indoor by a stormtrooper. So... The fact that this line is in there and anytime in universe they make a joke about the stormtroopers not being able to hit, I'm like, no, no. Maybe the conscripts, but the stormtroopers that we see that are dealing with the rebels, yes, they absolutely have good aim in the films. That has always bothered me. That is my rant I will always go on from now until the end of fucking time. The stormtroopers in A New Hope have terrifyingly accurate shots. You just don't see it because they're deliberately trying to miss. Okay. And uh, unfortunately- I'm sober, by the way. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, unfortunately, Mando's line here canonizes the fact that they have terrible aim. So you are incorrect. Anyway, moving forward. Um, uh, Mayfield, Star Wars sucks. Well, to be to be fair though, uh, Mayfield says he was not a stormtrooper, which he was a former sharpshooter, which implies he was in the infantry, not in the, he's not a stormtrooper. He was kind of like in Solo when Han Solo is conscripted into the Empire. He's not in the, he's not a stormtrooper. He's an infantry man. So I think he's like kind of more in the army-esque versus the police force, I guess, if you want to give them like a differentiation. Yeah, because the stormtroopers, we do more, see in right. Solo and some of the others, like the stormtroopers aren't the end-all be-all. There's other branches. Right. There's other even infantry branches of the Imperial armed forces. So we get our first uh, annoying reference number one from uh, Mayfield, which is why I, this is, again, this is part of the episode I didn't like was his references. And this one was one of them I didn't like where he says that the Razor Crest looks like a Canto Bite slot machine. I was like, hey, they're acknowledging my favorite of the movies. Right. I'm like, great. They're referencing the only part about The Last Jedi that I fucking can't stand. <laughs> the 11 minute sequence right. where they're on Kanto Bite. I liked it because at the time this was coming out, there were all these rumors that were swirled. You live a happy life where you don't have to know all this stuff, but I unfortunately talk about Star Wars on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, so at the time, like all these things were swirling around about how Lucasfilm secretly hates The Last Jedi, and the discourse was just so like vile and toxic at the time it was nice to see a reference to it yeah even that one little line i was like that's nice to well, see I'm, I'm noticing they're gonna have to start referencing the the disney era movies um more frequently now because if they you know how like they had to start doing that with the prequels. They had to kind of reference the prequels to kind of acknowledge the fact that those things exist in that universe. So they have to kind of start referencing those things. And so the same with this one, they have to kind of start referencing the new things and older stuff to be like, look, it was there the whole time. We just didn't see it, you know? Yep. 
that's the thing when you make up the universe as you go along right so anyway you have to go back and retroactively put it in i just didn't care for that but um that's... Or you can be George Lucas and literally retroactively put it in by including it in the special editions of your movies. Oh, I mean, that works too. I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I mean, not to put this into the universe, but there will be special editions of all the movies, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> oh, no. Because there's going to be like a definitive edition of... <laughs> they're going to do, they're going to do the... Re- God, that just reminds me, speaking of, this episode has contained several references to weird internet bullshit. Yeah. There was this conspiracy theory. Oh god. I I can't remember at what point it was at, but there was this conspiracy theory that like there was this secret Abrams cut of the movie and somebody had posted this long like Reddit post that was like here's what was in the secret Abrams cut and it literally was like it was the most bizarre read because you could tell it was designed to like get as many people to be excited about this as possible right like and so the the was it was for five minutes because these star wars controversies happened for like five minutes right but it blew up for like five minutes of i guess there was a secret three hour uh abrams cut of the film I'm like, one, this alternate film that is on Reddit, that does not exist. I'm sorry, that probably does not exist. Wait, what movie was this for? This was Rise of Skywalker. Oh, well, and, to be fair, every single... I, I, I hate when people say that there's like a four-hour movie somewhere floating around. Yes, it's that's the assembly cut. Yes, every single movie has that. That's not it's a weird thing. It's the assembly thing. cut. It's not when a rumor. You cut together, when you cut together a film, that was the other thing I was going to get to. People are... They were taking quotes out of concepts like, oh, the film was three hours. You right. Know, when we when we originally three hours, three and a half hours, it's the assembly cut. Yeah. The movie when is probably you make six a film, yeah. When you make a film, you do what's called the assembly cut. The first that's the first cut you do. And it's right. not the movie, it's just every scene you shot right. put together so you can see what the whole thing looks like, so you can start cutting it right it's like that's that's what that is There's i hate no, when people like, say that they're secret. like they're like uh force awakens was gonna be six hours long and then they cut out half the movie i'm like no that's not true at all <laughs> they yeah they they might have had like once the script was filmed they right. might have had you know a six hour right film or just, whatever but they're yeah. gonna cut it down that's crazy how this works you get things like if you watch like the Lord of the Rings, the extended editions versus the theatrical editions, yeah, and you actually take the time to study like what they cut out, or you look at the deleted scenes from the Star Wars, and like look at Attack of the Clones, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the scenes, they cut out this whole subplot with like Anakin meeting Padme's family, right? That they shot. Is it fun world building scenes and character scenes for Padme and Anakin? Yes. Does it do anything to make the movie better? No. No. I mean, I just feel bad for people that cut cut in that scene because they were like, we're going to be in a Star Wars movie. And then, mm, no, you're in a Star Wars deleted scene. It happens a lot. Tom Hardy got cut out of Last Jedi. Hey, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have gotten cut from Star Wars and like that's their claim to fame is like, I got cut out I of Star Wars. I was almost movie. in Star Wars. Right. I was five minutes from being in Star Wars. Well, it's kind of, I mean, 
there's only one person I can think of who got cut from Star Wars and then got put back in because of a deleted scene uh, from Rogue One. And who was that? I'm not. I'm she not getting. Was, it. She was cut uh, out of. I believe it was either Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the Clones. Mon Mothma. Oh. How did I not get this? She's one of I my favorite know. characters. That's oh why I was like, God. that's why I didn't say her name. I was I like, so I thought you would know this. I am so stupid. Yeah, the whole, uh, this is what we get for recording this episode at night or the <laughs> evening as opposed to recording it in the afternoon when right. I have coffee because I just got off work. Uh, my job is terrible. Gotcha. And so I'm brain dead. Like, how did I forget my one of my favorite characters right. in the entire franchise? Um. So we got to keep going because there's there's more characters in this group. There's so um, many fucking characters. In sorry, this we got to keep going. Um, okay, so the next character we meet is Berg, uh, the muscle, and he is a Deveronian. And the toxic masculinity is strong with him. Uh, I actually, like, he's one of my favorite characters uh, out of all of the things. Because like I said before, we only got to see Deveronians in the original New Hope and it was the mask could not move because it was just a shitty devil's costume from some other random movie and the mouth didn't articulate or anything and so now when you can articulate and do things now they it's cool to have these aliens that we never got to see before be in star wars and talk and do stuff that's a great speech that you just gave (laughs) but you can admit that the real reason is because you're into horn daddies. Okay, no, I'm not. Um, anyway. <laughs> you so, can admit it. It's okay. Anyway. We won't judge you. <laughs> um, so uh, Berg is uh, acted by uh, Clancy Brown, who some may know from their childhood as the voice of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob, um, which is how I knew him. But older people, like some people who are listening right now, uh, or just listening to me talk uh, in California, uh, might know him from the Shawshank Redemption, um, which I don't know, is some movie that was made. One that Yeah, that sure is a movie that exists <laughs> that I know exactly. Right. I have, I have actually seen that movie several times, not because I particularly like it. It's a very good movie, mm-hmm. but it's my father's favorite movie of all time is the Shawshank mm. Redemption. Gotcha. So I've seen it several times. Actually, mm. it's one of the few, I didn't watch it like necessarily as a kid. Well, I did. I watched right. scenes from it as a kid. Oh. Now he would turn it off, off the TV when it right, got right, to right. anything that was too like Shawshank Redemption-y. But like, I've, I've watched that film. I'm familiar with that film. I know that was directed at my age. Gotcha. I know um, what you're doing here. You're you're mad about the fact that I called you out for liking horn daddies. Moving on to the next character. <laughs> okay, um, just ignore that. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next one, we get uh, Zero, the droid. Um, like I said, he was, the body work uh, was done by the guy who now does the body work of C-3PO. Um, same guy. Uh, it is voiced by uh, Richard Ayo aid sorry i can't say his last name um i didn't have anything notable that he was in that was that we would know um but i had something interesting about the character of zero other than the fact that we've already seen him in the show i was about to say yes we have already seen him in the show um actually a different trivia about zero which i didn't get before because they didn't mention it but um, so what you're saying is there's not zero trivia right um 
so his design, uh, he was actually, so supposedly his design is from A New Hope. There's a robot in, I think it's in the Sandcrawler that is the same type of robot as him. I mean, I, hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just one of the things. But this design of this character is actually resembles that of an unused Kenner prototype toy. So they took a prototype from Kenner and we're like, let's make a character. They are not fucking around with these deep cut references. Right. It was a Death Star droid action figure um, that they, a prototype of a Death Star mm -hmm. droid action figure that they used for his body and stuff. So I was like, huh, interesting. I, uh, I remember when when I was a kid, we had a, a book of like action figures, like the history of action figures. And I think I might vaguely remember reading about some of these prototyped designs that were mm -hmm. never used. Gotcha. But the whole history of like Kenner versus Hasbro in terms of making these toys. I'm sure there are toy collectors who will listen to the show and be like, I could talk about that for two hours. Right. I had that exact so, prototype that I bought. I have that day. exact prototype. I can point to you exactly on my shelf of, of 8 million toys. toys, which, I mean, sticks and stones. I right. have a storage unit full of Legos, and I'm literally looking say. at your collection of Funko Pops right now. Yeah, I know. I can, it's like my toys are better than sticks your toys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my toys are better than your toys, but we won't address that here. All right. Um, I'm actually, I got to watch A New Hope again this weekend for a semi-related project I'm kicking around. So okay. I'll keep an eye out for that droid and see if yeah, uh, the, let me know the if you see design it. was in. I will, I will send you a text message if I see the droid. I was going to say, because he'll come up again too later on in season two. So we'll see if that is even remotely related. So we'll find mm, out. Interesting. Um, and then we meet our last member of the crew, which is... Uh, Zeon the Twi'lek, um, who is played by Natalia Tenna. Now, I know we mentioned in the last episode with Ming Nong when uh, the Disney trifecta. Natalia has what I'm going to call the a or not. I wouldn't call it the definitive nerd trifecta, but she has a nerd trifecta. Okay, she has managed to get three. She's managed to get three She's major... a triple threat. We right. should call them triple threats. Triple threats. Okay, that's a good, that's a way better way to, because I think we have the Disney trifecta people and then we have the triple threats, which are just people who have just been in nerdy ass three things. Three things. Right, three major nerd things, right. Um, so she's known for playing the wildling woman Osha on Game of Thrones. And then she's also known for uh, Nymphandora Tongs in Harry Potter. So she's really gotten that kind of, Triple threat. Of being to a this stuff. day, I watched this episode and her acting is so good and her prosthetics are so good and her makeup is so good. I genuinely cannot tell that it is her. Like normally, like I look at Clancy Brown, I go, yeah, that's Clancy Brown gotcha. underneath that makeup. I know who that is. With, with her it's so good and she disappears so fully into it that like if you didn't if i wasn't actively reminded oh that's the lady from game of thrones yeah i i wouldn't recognize her at all see you say that but see when i watched the episode for the first time i 
instantly knew it was her. I don't know how. I was just like, that's the girl from Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was like, I know her from somewhere. Like, I've seen her before. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, she's from Harry Potter. Um, she just hamming it up like Ian McDermott so style good. in this. So it's just like, you give some of these actors a chance to just like cut yeah. up and just go wild with it. And clearly she did. Well, like it's funny too. An actor's having fun. Right. Well, it's funny because she's like, it's almost like she knows that like, I'm only going to be in this show one time. So she's like, let me just fucking go for it. Like, I'm just going to overact the fuck out of this. And it works well for the character because I don't know if it's just that like Twi'leks are supposed to be like, you know how like there's that whole, we, we kind of touched on this before that how Twi'leks are supposed to be like these like sexual beings and they're not, they don't have any well, other they're character. Seen, they're seen that way. We talked right. about the idea that human males in particular fetishize them this is a good look at the you know there's more to that culture right there's more to that group of people they're not all just the sexy dancers that we see or have seen thus far right they're a vibrant and and if you watch the clone wars too they're they're a vibrant and yeah you know diverse people well, some of them are criminals and some, some of them, them are, are criminals. <laughs> That's great. Some of them are criminals. Some of them are uh, rebel generals. So, and I think that the joke here too is that, I don't know if it was reciprocated, but the joke here is that she is Mando's ex-lover or some kind of like, they had a fling of some kind. So I don't know if it like was reciprocated, but she mm. clearly at some point has like was- had a crush on him of some kind. What is it with these women and falling for like know. wanting this man that they can't see a single square inch of who maybe because they know they'd never have to look at him. Right. Which I mean, I of guess. course would be the ideal man. Uh, one that I never have to look at uh, or speak to or interact with in any way. Uh, but he gives me his credit cards. Um, and then we get our title screen of the prisoner. Now, did you notice that the music was slightly different? Yes, I was just about to say that. The music is slightly distorted or just like a tinge different. Like, I don't even know. I can't explain like what it is, but it's just different. It it's was the same It's the same beat, but it's just like not the same. <laughs> I'm worried as we go through these episodes that we're taking the same notes. Yeah, well, I think it's just a stylized, like, you know. Yeah, it's definitely, but it stuck out to me. It was weird to make that choice for this episode. Yeah, because they also played again at the end of the episode too. Yep. So I thought that was weird. Um, But maybe Ludwig Gordonson just got bored and started doing whatever he wanted, which I mean, I mean, fair. The man good for him. So good, he can do whatever he wants. Well, I was, I was getting this. um, I was getting annoyed because I not because of the music, um, because I saw the title. Now, the OCD in me is mad because the, um, the titles of every episode are all the something, except for two episodes in this whole fucking season are one word things. It's like, you couldn't just call them the thing? Like, why does, why the fuck does sanctuary chapter four is just sanctuary but then the two preceding episodes after this are going back to the original format of the something what was the second episode so we have 
The Mandalorian is episode one. The Child the is Child, episode the two. Sin. The Sin is episode Sanctuary. three. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Then The Gunslinger. The Gunslinger. And then the, the Prisoner. Prisoner. And then just for just for continuity's sake, the next episode is called The Reckoning, and then the finale is called Redemption. It's like what the hell? I can see why Redemption breaks the naming scheme. Because you know it's the you final can't say, episode. Yeah. Well, you also can't say like the redemption. Like, you know, it just that's not I don't you even know if that's can say the redemption. Can you? It 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 sounds bad, but you can technically say it. Well, it's because you would say like the redemption of blank. You know, you wouldn't just say the redemption. You would say, you know, you'd add to it. So I think yes, that would be fine if that broke the convention. But I think with Sanctuary, it bothers me that it's not called like the sanctuary or it's not you know because the naming convention's right there you'd had it the whole to time. the naming scheme yes and then to the naming scheme you can't break it halfway through no but you know what is even worse about that is all of season two is the something i'm not going to go through the whole list but every <laughs> single one of the episodes in season two is called the something every single one we are really delving into the things that super bother bradley and i as like human people so, so Bradley is bothered by one word. I am bothered by the, I, need, I, am, I make passionate defenses of the stormtroopers. I need to call John Favreau right now and tell him <laughs> to retroactively go back and change the episodes titles so that they all work with the uniform. In the six it. degrees of separation, you you know the six degrees of separation. Yes. So who do you think is actually closer to John Favreau, you or me? Ooh, well, because both of us, both of us have done work in entertainment, right? Both of us know people in entertainment. That's hard to say. So it's not, it's not like, because you're a working producer right now. I am not. I'm doing something else because yeah. of coronavirus. But it's, it would be tricky to say which of us is closer. I'm going to go with you only because I can think I, without saying it, I can think of one person, you know, who is related or or who is related by degree to someone who's actually been in a star Wars film. And you that's only one degree for you. So I would say that that works three. That would be three. Assuming one, two, three. Yes. Three degrees for you. So that I have that has three degrees for me. I, cause I don't know that person has met John Favreau. Right. And I don't know on my end if any of the executives but you, that you have I've worked, worked at you've worked. No, you didn't work for Werner Herzog. You just dealt with Werner no, 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 no. Herzog's I, stuff yeah, yeah. No, at no, no, work. No. That, yeah, I don't have that connection. But um. <laughs> you've worked. You've worked for. You've worked at uh, locally where you live in Atlanta, though, and that's where Pinewood is. Right. So I'm betting you probably know somebody. I may have. I mean, who's worked on it's the true. back end of some of these films. So I mean, no one's ever told me they have, but you know, it's possible that I just don't know who they are and they have. So I'm guessing, like, I have the the most direct that I could probably chart. Yeah. I could probably figure out, but I'll bet you anything, you're actually probably closer to John Favreau than I am. Well, we'll have to find out uh, one day. <laughs> Just because see. you've been a working producer in the Atlanta area, and yeah. I have not worked on anything yeah. in that particular area outside of 
when we were in school together. Gotcha. Anyway, moving on, um, back to the episode. So we're getting ready to leave the um, chop shop and we have zero on the, the razor crest. This is a really quick um, scene, um, but zero's on the razor crest and he kind of finds a distorted message from grief Karga. And he's kind of like almost being a nosy Nelly. He's like, mm. he's like, Hmm, what is this curious thing? But this is where I have a weird, I wanted to bring this up because not because it was very important that he saw it. It's just hinting at something later on. Um, if zero was actually in the episode where the bounty hunters attack Mando and he attacks Mando, how does he not know that this is the same Mando? I have that exact note later on. <laughs> Oh, you do? Okay, so well, let's talk question, about it there. My, I have a theory, and I mentioned it earlier in the recording. I have a theory okay. about what he knew and what he saw and what he didn't see. Is this more relevant there. now or later? So I believe he knows, at this point, he knows that this Mando is the same Mando. You think so at this point? I think he knows that this Mando is the same Mando, but I don't think he knows what all precisely is going on. See, I was getting the sense that he's racist and he thinks all Mandalorians look the same. And so he doesn't actually know that this is the same Mando until later. I mean, I would say they do all look the same, but as you pointed out <laughs> in a previous episode, they do have different styles in their helmets. Right. Well, I just think that for a robot, so maybe, for a robot, maybe Zero's just a bad person. Well, I, well, I think it may be just because he's a robot. He doesn't real. or I'm sorry, not a robot because they don't call him robots in this. I think because he's a droid, he doesn't, dis he doesn't distinguish Mandalorians from other Mandalorians. He just thinks that like, that's a Mandalorian. It's the same species quote, you know, like, he thinks of them as all being like just the same race of alien kind of. The fact that Star Wars has like all Twi'leks are <laughs> from Ryloth. Right. All Corrin are from Moncala. Yes. All like Wookiees are from Kashyyyk. And then you have humans that are from like 30 different places. different places. Alderaan, you have Alderaanians. Right. You have Corellians, mm -hmm. you have Coruscanti, you have, those are kind of the big three. Right. Uh, those are kind of the big three, Corellia, Alderaan, right. and, uh, and Coruscant. Although I guess it's the big two now. Mm -hmm. um, so moving on again, uh, they talk about how they're going to break into a new Republic prison ship. Here's what bothered me about that scene. Why did they bother lying to him? about the the ship like i would yeah. get it if they said they're gonna spring him from a rival cartel and then they get to the ship and whoop new republic ship right. they're literally in the hangar yeah they that haven't was even weird. left yet why bother lying about the cartel ship when five minutes later it's gonna be like uh yeah we lied to you is it just a fuck with them or I, I don't know they don't maybe they just don't maybe this is bad writing right here they just don't explain it very well but um no star wars has some bad inconsistent writing in it yeah. that's never happened um my ever. favorite my favorite part of this scene though is the inclusive the inclusivity of mando he does not refer to um zero as he or a masculine pronoun he says it he said how can you trust it um 
and he's implying that droids are all non-binary and that's because they are they're not male or female so they have male or female programming or masculine or feminine programming but they are not neither male nor female maybe maybe droids get to pick how they identify which would be kind of a cool aspect to the universe if they went that direction because yeah l3 is female right or identifies as a female right l uh c3po identifies as a male and is referred to as male multiple times right but then some droids are i wonder if droids get to pick i don't know I because i wonder if they i know that like, like the with... ones with well the ones with like sentience yeah i wonder if they get, get to, to choose like the the concept of being non-binary exists in the star wars universe there's a non-binary right. character in star wars squadrons my most liked tweet of all time was me getting unreasonably excited about the presence of a non-binary character in squadrons it's like the concept exists right in the universe i wonder if droids can pick i interpreted it more like mando doesn't want to acknowledge that the droid has feelings Feelings. yeah i think that's what it was it was less about him being inclusive (laughs) it is a nice i mean it's it's nice that you want to like credit him with that right right but i read it a little bit less kindly no i know i was just kidding although now i'm now i'm like i'm genuinely thinking like i wonder if droids get to pick their pronouns that would I'm gonna go with no because it. I'd be like most of them no, but like the ones like zero or the repo units are clearly the ones with like L three and right. Ooh, this is interesting. I have to dive into this further. I wonder what how gender relates to um, droids in the Star Wars universe. Um, so we're finally off into space, uh, and you know they're kind of discussing Mando in his like, you know, his little room, I guess you'll call it his bedroom. Um, they're all hanging out in his, his room. studio apartment. Right. They're all saying they're all hanging out in his studio um, and they're going through his shit. And um, I as love, you do. And I love that. Uh, so second reference uh, done by um, our uh, sharpshooter he says the reason why Mando won't take off his helmet is because he's probably a Gungan. And he does the voice. He does the racist Jamaican accent voice or whatever it is that people don't like Jar Jar Binks for. And he says, (laughs) I don't even know what he says. It's something like Misa don't want something. He's the incorrect grammar. Yeah, the take off your helmet. <laughs> uncomfortable. One of the uncomfortable relics of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, is some of the voices that were used in it with some of the aliens. It's yeah, not. That's something I would put a pen in. That I would love to have somebody on the show to address that. Yeah. I don't think either of us could really do it. I think it's one of those things. It's like. Eh, we just kind of have to gloss over the fact that we just got to have to gloss over, like, <laughs> like there's stuff to be said. Yeah. We'll have to get somebody on to say it. Right. I don't think it could really be either of us. But um, so he, he references again, the prequels and then 
oops, they accidentally opened the door and there's the child. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it's an important character moment because it, you know, they can't even conceive of the notion. They're yeah. building up Mando as like this morally like ambiguous kind of guy because right. that's how they knew him. And so the notion of, oh, I adopted a child. Like they really want us to hate these people. Like right. the whole scene is just, it's unnecessarily cruel. Yeah. The, the way that they're being like, I read the scene. I'm like, how does this crew like function normally? Right. How without is this him. Like their first job and they immediately fuck it up because yeah. they're awful. They're awful people. And like, they cannot control anything at all. And so the notion to them of like, oh, he's adopted a child. No, it never even occurred to him. Right. Um, so we finally get to the prison and they uh, break into the prison um, and they all drop in. And I love that uh, Zero is the guy in the chair. <laughs> he's the, you know, that character that helps our heroes because he's like, oh, I'll unlock the security door and I'll do this da, 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 by sitting in a chair. But what's funny about this scene is that in all of Star Wars, R2-D2 is the guy in the chair, but he's always with them, right? So he always can bypass the security. He can always do whatever, right? Because he's always with them at every mm -hmm. single time. And he even, even in this um, scene, Zero has the same exact tool that uses to hack every computer in Star Wars in his fucking arm. So he uses that to drive the ship. He uses that to calculate things. Like, it's just interesting. Topically, that when you say the guy in the chair, it makes me think immediately of Spider-Man. Yes, the, that, There's our that Marvel, is a reference Our there. Marvel crossover. Where he talks about... Now they are. <laughs> yeah. They are currently, they are currently filming uh, the third one in Atlanta. Bradley, have you uh, got to meet Tom Holland? I cannot say whether or not I know, or no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I may or may not have met him in a hotel uh, in downtown Atlanta. Hopefully uh, this is gonna, I'm just saying, I'm thinking if I put this out in the universe, it might actually happen. So I might have to download Grinder again so that maybe he's on there and he'll maybe- I, I want this for you. Right. I want um, this to live vicariously through you. Oh, trust no. me. If this actually happened, I would tell you. I would I would be like straight up, nope. I we wouldn't mention it proof. on the show. Nope, but, not at all. But I would find out about right. this. Um, so when we actually go into the prison ship, we get to see some of the prisoners, which I didn't, there wasn't really anything notable except for one of them. I think um, it's the same one that I have in my notes. Yeah, because I think there's only one other one that has some kind of makeup, but I did I couldn't find out what it was, or it looked like a troll or something, but it it was like weird. I, I couldn't find anything on that. I don't know if you found anything on that one, but I uh, know the only one again. I I try not to look up too many of the references. I tend to leave yeah. the trivia to you. Gotcha. I tend to catch stuff that I personally caught. Okay, what did so, you personally catch in this scene? What I personally caught was the Ardenian. Yes. And the reason I remember it's called an Ardenian was because I have been reading Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Okay. Which is side tangent. Oh, really? Holy shit. Holy fuck. This book is so fucking good. Oh my God. This is one of the best. Like we were talking about the Mace Windu yeah. episode of Clone Wars. The first hundred pages of Light of the Jedi is just 
here's everything the Jedi at their prime can do. Like the shit that they pull off in these first hundred pages, like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Hmm. But they also mention both Clatoonian, a Clatoonian and an Ardenian. Right. And I went, when I was reading the book, I was reading it on a break. I went, Ardenian, where have I? Oh, that's the thing from Solo. Yep. And well, even it, I guess, I mean, obviously this is not the same character because by this point in time, spoiler alert, uh, that Ardenian is dead. Um, but it is- Wow, way to spoil the movie that came out several years ago and <laughs> I've seen multiple times. But it is the same species as Rio from Solo. Um, but fun fact, Rio is voiced by John Favreau. Um, so there you go. There's everyone your... everyone in star wars is voiced by two people <laughs> mark hamill John and, Favreau and mark hamill yes. these are the only voices in star wars no one else exists and certainly not in this episode and you know what's funny is um i love that little callback because i don't i mean obviously like that's such a fun little thing for john favreau to do but i kind of now that I, he did that i kind of want an ardenian to be like a part of mando's crew like bring it back like a different character um maybe played by you know someone close to john favreau or something just to like or just john favreau again or, or just be related to him like i don't know like a female ardenian or something that maybe is played by his wife or something like that would be next level stuff like that would be you know like references um we have got we have got to get you um either a a half decent pc or something, maybe they'll port it to Switch. Who knows? Do you have a Switch? I do have a Switch. You do have a Switch. They might port it to Switch. Uh, there is an Ardenian. I think it's an Ardenian. The crewmate in Jedi Fallen Order. I'd have to check. I thought so, but yeah. I started saying the sentence and I realized I actually don't think so, but that's what I thought immediately Uh-oh. was the character from Fallen Order who's like the gruff uh, ship captain. I have to check and no see idea. whether or not I'm going to Google this right now. <laughs> You're like, who is, what species of alien is so-and-so from What species of alien is uh, the the guy from Fallen Order? Right. Let me see here. Um, I'm checking. Okay, I found his name. I got to find the Wikipedia article on him. He is not. He is a Latero. He just happened to remind me a lot of Rio from Solo. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, still play Jedi Fallen Order. It's still very good. Gotcha. Also, um, the ginger twink from Shameless is in it. Right. Um, so we also get uh, a mouse droid, which is kind of a fun little, you know, nod. Um, but I thought it was weird because mouse droids i was under the assumption that a mouse droid is only on the empire's ship right and then we see this mouse droid now on a rebel prison ship so mouse droid is just a generic droid that is me neither evil nor good and it's just on every ship Let's see, mouse droids. Yeah, because I had only seen them. I swear I'd seen them elsewhere. 
Uh, but no, according no. to the research that I totally did before this episode <laughs> aired, and I am not just pulling up randomly. Right. Uh, thank God we record these episodes on the computer right. so that I can do this. Uh, looks like many MSE-6 droids, which is what their actual designation is, were used by the Republic Navy during the Clone Wars. Confederacy of Independent Systems also maintained a number of these droids. And MSE-4 droids, a smaller but similar model, in the Separatist Council War Room on Mustafar at the end of the Clone Wars. So they were used as far back as the Clone Wars. They're just, I guess, standard droids. So the yeah. New Republic must have repurposed some them. of the Imperial Gotcha. Droids. Okay. Well, speaking of droids, uh, we also get a look at these new security droids, um, which are really kind of cool because they look a little bit like K2SO um, in the, at least the leg and body, not the heads, but their bodies kind of like have that same kind of lanky kind of um, not muscular. I guess it's a weird way to say that, but like, you know how whatever kind of droid K2SO is, he's very tall and he's got very long limbs. These have a very similar limb structure. You know what would have been you got me thinking like, oh, the New Republic is building like its own version of the K2SO droids and it's using mouse droids and it's yeah doing all of this. I think they're just repurposing. You know what would have been an interesting plot for the sequels, which was kind of the plot of Legacy of the Force, mm -hmm. is if instead of it being like another rebellion, if it had been like the New Republic, but... Like the New Republic over time is gradually starting, like they're having to implement these things that the Empire did mm -hmm. in order to just maintain stability. Yeah. These things that they thought they could do away with, they they're gradually having to bring back. Yeah. And the new villains, instead of being like the Empire that fled to Argentina and has now come back, if it had been rebels who thought that they were doing the new yeah. republic mm -hmm. had basically become just as bad as the empire right that would have been an interesting angle to take the sequels but it it might oh, have well. been a little too out there and unstar warsy maybe they'll maybe they'll do it for episodes 10 11 and 12 in 20 years yeah well mando takes them out um and I, two things about this taking yeah, out one i feel like he's getting sloppy with the beskar because he keeps multiple episodes he like incorporates the fact he's going to get shot as part of his fighting style and i'm like either you're doing this on purpose or you should have been majorly dead but right. more importantly the thing that happens in this sequence this is our second instance mm. in the entire show ah. of the flamethrower not being completely fucking useless right I know. I was I was saving that one for you because I know you love when yep. the flamethrower works. I, um, I love when the flamethrower is useless. I have to grudgingly admit when the flamethrower works. Right. Um, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, but they kind of walk past them, you know, no big deal. And then Zero tells them, like, before they go into the security room that there is a organic... Uh, I don't know if it's creature or what does he say? He says something along the lines of like, I detect organic life form uh, behind the door. Um, and we get a fun little cameo here. Uh, this is the character who uh, is a one, 
is one lone security guard who just happens to be on the ship. So fuck this guy. I don't know why he's on this ship by himself. Um, he is Davin. Uh, and who is he played by? He is played by wonderful, wonderful heartthrob, Matt Lanter, who is been in some things been in we some things. don't care about. Right. What we care about is that Matt Lanter is the voice of Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. in Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and yes. Star Wars Rebels. Yes, uh, he is so cute. I actually, now I know oh you said we don't God. care. I know you say you don't care about what he was in, but I used to watch him on Beverly Hills 90210. Um, and he was so fucking hot in that show. And One of my first, like, I'll, I'll say this, one of the first, like, gay like realization moments that I had mm-hmm. because I had, you know, I, I took a long time to even sort of accept that I was not straight. But one of the moments that I had where I went, I may not be straight was I was Googling the voice cast for the Clone Wars back when it first came out, when the movie and all of them first came out. Cause I wanted to see who the voices were behind and one of the photos was of Matt Lanter. I was like 17 or 18 at the time. One of the photos was of Matt Lanter in Beverly Hills 90210 shirtless. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time looking at that photo <laughs> and not really understanding why I was spending a lot of time looking at that photo. Yeah, but I was kind of sad. He did things... Uh, to my brain at the time. Well, I'm sad we didn't get to see his abs here. Because um, he has them. Because he has them. They're just hidden. Um, I did love his helmet, though. Uh, I love the callback, the 80s callback to yep. you know, the Tantive. Uh, Tantive um, 4. Tantive 4. Um, I thought the same with the controls on the, uh, the security panel and everything. It all just looked very cool and retro. Um, I have in my notes here that the helmet actually got me realizing that the hallways looked like the blockade runner. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, unfortunately, though, we don't get to spend a lot of time with Matt Lanter. Tearing because... ourselves away from the beautiful, multi-talented <laughs> Matt Lanter, a right. wonderful actor right. uh, and wonderful voice actor who also just happens to be drop-dead gorgeous. Right. I did like how they put him in here, though. Um, it was a fun little cameo, fun little, like... Uh, I'm in it, like, you know, kind of thing. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Zeon the Twilight murders him by throwing a knife at him, and I guess that somehow kills him. Um, Again, how is this not <laughs> these first people's, like, like, it would make sense if it were some of their, like, first jobs, but this, yeah. the level of sloppy that they're being, I'm just like... Right. <sighs> well, yeah, because she's so sloppy that she doesn't even realize that he sets off the fucking tracker as she kills him. So it's like, dude, why didn't you go for the tracker? Why did you go for him to like, you know, you have good aim, knock the tracker out of his hand right? or disable it. So whatever. Um, and then they leave. Uh, and then, so basically we're just showing off everybody's abilities at this point, because then there's these random droids that are flying, uh, that are some kind of security droid and blur or I don't even know. It's not blurg. <laughs> I call them blur. No, that's that's Ewoks, the battle for Endor. Right. Berg. I know we have it on the brain, but I meant to say Berg, 
the Devronian shows how strong he is by taking out these droids, uh, by throwing one at the other one and they just explode in a massive fire. We're um, showing off their abilities, but other than the other than the Devronian, we we don't get to spend a lot of time like seeing Mando fight them, which was part yeah. of my dislike was we it's so much build up yeah. with not a lot of payoff. Well, we finally get to the whole reason why this episode is called The Prisoner. Um, because we get to meet the prisoner who is um, Zeon's brother. So actually that whole, I thought I like this because it's kind of like a play on the whole, like Twi'leks are really into family, even though two seconds later, we've like later on in the episode, we find out that that doesn't fucking matter, obviously, but <laughs> that's um, what was established in Clone Wars and in Rebels. Rebels and Clone Wars normally uh they're really into family and so that kind of if you didn't know or if you did watch that you'd be like oh that's nice that she was trying to rescue her brother the whole time which obviously that was my first reaction but it was funny how mando also knows this twilight as well so he must have known both the brother and the sister at the same time but surprise double cross uh we push mando wow shocking <laughs> didn't see that coming at yeah, all i know that was so weird i was like so this is man just stupid like i don't understand like he had to know like this is happening like he's going soft because he has a kid now right is i mean it's true he is and then um we get this random shot of zero going through mando's diary again like what the fuck zero why are you going through mando's ship and trying to find out his secrets like it's so weird so this is the point where i was talking about where i'm thinking that maybe this is where he realized it's the same mando well because baby yoda wanders in right and that's why i'm saying this is why he figures it out my my theory i'll 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 say it here my theory was that Zero probably knew that it was the same Mando. Yeah. He probably knew that Mando had wandered off with an asset that was very valuable. So he probably was trying to go through Mando's video diaries to find out what the asset was and didn't know that the asset was the baby Yoda, either because he didn't get a good look at it. Right during the escape sequence in episode three or whatever but only once the baby yoda wanders in does he realize oh that's the asset if i capture this i will get lots of money right rewards and um possibly like luxurious oil baths yeah i guess so whatever it is so he doesn't actually find uh the child until the next scene but um right i'm just bringing this up yeah yeah, yeah. No, no no i know um but you're right it's very interesting how like he realized i don't know if he'd realize it now or if he just until he decoded the message because he does say on the intercom or whatever he goes i found out some information about the mandalorian and then they're like we don't care you know like get us out of here kind of thing mando breaks out of prison like within five minutes of being in (laughs) Like within in an absolutely like brutal sequence that if it had been like a, a human person oh, or like absolutely alien, like a droid, although admittedly in a new hope, they do like cut the guy's arm off and yeah. there's just like blood on the ground. But hey, like whatever. Well, I mean, I was gonna say the second he does escape, the the whole entire episode turns into this red light horror movie. So oh god, I loved that. 
like I have noted here the bit where he's behind Mayfield and it's the doing the light thing. Yeah. Where the light flickers and sometimes he's in it and sometimes he's not like this is just straight up John Favreau wants to make a Star Wars horror movie. And this is as close mm-hmm. as he's going to get to doing it. Right. Um, so I, I wrote down Mando begins the hunt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> at last six episodes in we're finally getting to see mm-hmm. him do that some bounty hunting i know it's kind of funny so he grabs the tracking beacon because he's not dumb um which obviously this is going to play in later in the episode but he grabs the little uh distre- distress beacon um and then he begins to take them out one by one um and then the child uh with zero on the ship begins to play hide and seek so it's a nice little parallel um to like what's happening because mando is hunting the crew and zero is hunting the child so it's like a weird like they keep going back and forth and back and forth in these scenes i liked the kind of callback to um to the quarren like mm-hmm. when he shuts the door on um the deveronian yeah i liked the kind of callback to the quarren where he shuts the door to the quarren in episode one i forgot he had the whistling birds yeah, I know. It was actually so really... often I'm like, oh yeah, I'm... he has those. I'm kind of glad that they did that though because it does remind you like, oh, he still has these, you know? Oh, yeah. And But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, he just wasted like three or four of them. <laughs> he only has so many of them. So, yeah. Um, Folks, I am also here to once again inform you that within the same episode, status quo has been restored. Yes. The flamethrower is still shit. Um, well, it I think it works on droids and it works on bounty hunters, right? And it doesn't work on anyone else. Well, I think it's different here though, because or no, I think... stormtrooper, it works on stormtroopers, right. and droids, and no one else. Well, I think the only difference is Mando's just dumb and he doesn't realize that fire doesn't work on a devil. So, I mean, obviously, Mando, like. <laughs> I mean, if you were going to be racist at any point in time, this would be the time to be racist. Like, obviously, all devils are immune to fire. So, I'm assuming. <laughs> you would think. Right. You, know, you, um, would, you would think he would probably know about, like, the Deveronian and whether or not yeah, you, they're... Well, you think that would just be common Although knowledge. he's a little bit... Either he's a little bit singed, so maybe he's not necessarily, like, fire immune. No, I think he's just... So immune, much not, as he's it, just really thick skin. Right. Um, and then... Uh, he takes out Zeon as well. Um, but I noted that every time he, quote, takes them out, we never actually see what he does, like, with their bodies or anything like that. We just assume the, that he just takes them out. In the context that he also says to the guy, like, they got what they deserved. Right. You know, it's implied that he killed them, and it's, like, the well, horror vibes of the scene. Yeah. And that's what's so funny is when Mando, yeah, because the whole flashing lights scene, like you were talking about, is like when the lights are flashing and he's slowly getting closer to Mayfield, you're like, oh, he's going to get him. Oh, he's going to get him. Oh, he's going to get him. And then when he finally does get him, like you do, it is implied that they're dead because when um, uh, her brother, he automatically assumes that he kills them. He doesn't realize that Mando's soft now. So he's like, you know, like you said, you, they got what they deserved. Yes, well, they did technically get what they deserved. We just don't know what it is that they got deserved. <laughs> I I noted here that I noted a Star Wars transition at one point with the wipe. Yeah. 
and oh, then we got the we got the scene on the ship with the droid. Yeah, this was so, this is funny. Um, I found this hilarious because Zero finds the baby, right? It's kind of like the hide and seek game is over. And Zero's like, I'm gonna point this rifle at you very slowly for dramatic effect. She has a good sense of dramatic timing. Right. And then Baby Yoda starts to lift his hand up like he's gonna use the force on the <laughs> fucking robot. And then just Mando shoots him and he's dead. I died. I thought that was I him at died first. I died of laughter. That, I knew I'd seen the episode before and I still watching it this time around to yeah. record this show was like, oh my goodness, he used the foot. Nope, Mando just fucking oh. shot him. Yep. Oh, well. Um, it's, it's the Gordian knot. For sure. So Mando... Uh, makes it back to the chop shop uh, with prisoner in tow. And when uh, the guy's like, where are the others? They do a little call back here. And he's like, I thought you said there was no questions asked. <laughs> I thought that was just funny that they did that little call back. He's like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I said no questions asked. Okay, go ahead. Well, you mark out I mean, there. We didn't find out he was going to kill him anyway. Well, that's true. Yeah, because... Uh, he he does get paid though he leaves and um just in time because uh uh oh the prisoner had the tracking beacon in his back pocket the whole time now did you because i i had written down i didn't have a chance to look up before we started recording i don't know if the ship that comes up out of the ground is the same model as the starship that grievous uses um i didn't look it up if not it looks very similar i was gonna say i thought maybe it might be important like just the style of the ship or something might be important or some kind of callback but they didn't do anything with it so i don't really know but they blew it up in five seconds later yeah so i don't even know if it was even that important it might be the same type of style as one but i didn't think it was that important um it gets blown up by three x-wings yeah the cops show up probably my favorite cameos in the entire season <laughs> who who are these x-wing pilots these x-wing pilots are played by deborah chow mm-hmm. uh, rick famuyiwa yep and dave filoni who are Love the that. directors of episodes one two and three of the show right filoni being the successor to George Lucas and Chow being the future director of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, having their cameos here in this scene. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was so clever. I love that they, they're in the episode because how else, like, why not? Just fucking put your directors in cameos. Like, why not? And like Dave Filoni's lines, the way he says it, like clearly the way they speak their cameo lines. Yeah. But it's so cool to see Dave Filoni on screen in an X-Wing that like you don't care. Yeah. I also love how the New Republic, because this is the New Republic, um, they just, they're like, oh, the tracking beacon's on that ship. Okay, let's blow it up. No questions asked. Like, we don't even care to investigate. Let's just blow the shit up and leave. Bye. Like, <laughs> which would have played into it nicely if the new, if, if they'd done with my sequel trilogy that I just came up five minutes ago. Right. I need yeah. to time travel to the past. We need to Avengers in game this. Right. 
Yeah, I was is, thinking about that. I need to time travel to get the Infinity Stones and time travel to the past so I can pitch a sequel trilogy to Disney. Not that I don't like the sequels. Right. I like the sequels a lot, but like I would have liked to have seen that idea. That would have been fun. Um, but, you know, Mando and the Child make it out and on to the finale. Uh, which is nice. Um, and we then... do a hyperspace jump, but the hyperspace jump is not the end of the, the episode. Actual end of the episode, which, which I thought was, was fun. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was like a fun little like. You almost wish they put it at the end of the credits. Like they have a yeah, they have like a cute little scene of right of where he shows his development. Yeah, and like hands him the ball. It's like I told you this wasn't gonna work. Right. Like he talks to the baby Yoda. He talks to the baby when they're alone, which is very interesting. He's like, you know, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And then of course we get, uh, we see the crew is stuck in prison. They they didn't die. He just threw them all in prison cell. Yay. Like, you know, I thought that was, it was good for Mando's character, but at the same time it was kind of like, I mean, we kind of knew that's what was going to happen. Like he wasn't going to kill, he wasn't going to kill everybody. Like, you know, so but it's yeah. good because that does help us in season two. Um, this does, and possibly back. later on, we may. Yeah. I I suspect we may see some of these characters a little bit later on, right? In um, future, exactly. Some of them we know we will be seeing later on. Yes. Others of them we think I think I would hope so. Um. So the directed by comes up. And Who is it directed by? Rick Fatima. Ah, uh, yes, this episode director. Yes, um, which, so he's both in the episode and he... Directing the directed episode. Directed it, which is kind of fun, I guess. Um, and I don't really have anything notable about him, but just other than the fact that... He, <laughs> he directed other episodes. Directed other episodes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know. I love the good. vibe. I will say this is my favorite episode. Yeah, I was about to ask you actually because I said I I love the heist vibe, so I really like this episode. I liked it more on this watch, but I was going to ask you because mm-hmm. we were going back and forth, and when you were uh, messaging me earlier, and you were like, "Oh, I'm going to watch the episode." Oh, I forgot. This is my favorite episode of the season. I wanted to be sure to ask you why is it your favorite episode of the season? Um, I think just like I said before, just the fact sheer fact that there's just multiple aliens in this episode that get spotlights and they get characters and they get you know lines they're not just background characters you know they actually do something in the plot um that's all i asked for in star wars is i just want a fucking main character who's greedo like i want a fucking you know what i mean i just want main character aliens i don't like humans i like aliens I want aliens in my Star Wars and I want them to talk and I want them to have plot and I want them to be main characters. Chewbacca's not good enough for you? Chewbacca doesn't fucking speak. I need <laughs> characters who speak basic. So I can understand what they're saying. Or they need I to be- a you, Wait, you can't robot. understand what Chewbacca's saying? You what don't speak Sherlock? I mean, I can, I can understand- Sherlock like, is the new Klingon, didn't you hear this? I mean, everyone's I can, learning it i can't understand chewbacca but I, I like i can understand bb8 but that's like about it like you know so because he kind of already talks it's uh i don't know whether it was uh originally intended or like if it's a running joke no it is a running joke i think in like it is canonical that r2d2 swears all of the time yeah 
and is constantly just like yeah it's like watch your mouth the like foulest language i love that and it's just like i love it i like to imagine what he's saying yeah um so is there anything else for this episode in particular that you have no this is this was an episode that was like you know this is a really fun episode this was kind yeah. of episode if mando was a like a network tv show mm-hmm this is what I imagine most of the episodes would kind of feel like. Yeah, I, I think so. You're right. It's very like Fox, like, uh, you know, like this week, uh, next like week FX. on Fox. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. FX kind of. Yeah. Um, Tune in to the next episode of yeah, next week. CSI yeah. Navarro <laughs> or whatever. I mean, inevitably we will get some kind of cop CSI show on that's set in the Star Wars world. Who knows? Possibly we will get a cop show set in the Star Wars universe as famously Dick Wolf proved that you can basically just make a cop show and that's all you really need. Yeah. Well, next week we get... Uh, I, I know they're not set as part one and part two of the finale, but they basically are part one and part two of the finale. I mean, they kind of coincide with each other so that's we our move into, uh, we move into yep parts one and two but our last two episodes yep and then we're gonna do a full season one retrospective and then we've got a uh, kind of a neat filler episode in between and then we're gonna jump into our episode zero for the bad batch and mm-hmm. we are gonna start recording these a little bit closer to when they air yeah, I'm actually excited to do the episode zero because I haven't really watched the trailer more than once. So we'll see what that brings, you know, if we get a little more information on that. Maybe there'll be a I'm new trailer ex- by the time we get there. I'm excited to watch the show with the context of I can go on and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with Mando season two and somebody's like, I watch them, I have to watch them the night they air. Because I wake up in the morning and I am I'm well known in my circles as the Star Wars guy. So I wake up at 7 a.m. Pacific time on that Friday with like three or four messages already in my inbox. Have you seen the new episode of The Mandalorian yet? And then I check Twitter. It's like everybody wants to talk about it. But it'll be nice to watch it with the, okay, we're going to watch it. And then I'm going to come in immediately and talk, actually be able to talk about it, about the show and not just go off on Facebook for 10 paragraphs. Right. Well, that's all I have for this episode. So uh, be sure to follow us on the twit. And Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. I would say the, the tweeter. Follow us on the tweeter. Um, the and tweeter. The, and the Instagrams. At Gold um, Squadron Gaze. Right. And that's all, folks. Oh my god, you know what I just realized? The stormtroopers are the space force of the of the army branch in Star Wars. <laughs>